Why are you nervous right now? I don't know. I really don't. I get nervous before every time we have a call in the chat and it's always uncalled for. At least I go against the nerves every time. There you go. And it always turns out really good. Fine. Yeah. I think being nervous is a good sign because it means you care about something. That's at least what I tell myself. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. How you been? <laughs> Actually, wait, 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 wait. Let's stop for a second. Okay. I feel like me asking that question is very lazy. All and right. I feel like as an introvert, something I read is talking about how questions are asked in general at a surface level. And they're usually very broad and extroverts can take it and run with it. Whereas introverts who tend to be more processors, they're like, okay, well, thanks for throwing that dead fish in my lap. I don't even know what to do with it. So then you just give like a very robotic response. Yeah. And you move on with yeah, your yeah. Life. So let me yeah. ask you this. Okay. What was the best moment of your weekend? Hmm. Okay, so so as you know, my parents visited this weekend. Um, and honestly, I was just hoping that like my mom would come and just keep me company because I hate when I have weekends where I don't do anything. But she was like, well, you know, maybe your dad could come too. And <clears throat> um, he just, I don't know, you know my dad. Um, I'm always worried he's not going to like vibe with the vibes. And so I was trying to just like, let's take this a day at a time or like a moment at a time and let's just give this a chance and maybe it'll be great. And I thought, let's do something crazy that I know that if I just threw it out there, he probably wouldn't go for. Um, but like we manipulated our way around everything and, and, and positioned it so that he was half asleep when we asked him. There you go. <laughs> always the trick um <laughs> and um we asked if he wanted to do or if he could do a an escape room with us and we were just like running around the whole room and like all of us were like throwing ideas out there and we were all solving puzzles like together and separately and they just had a really great time I was just like very pleasantly surprised by how excited he seemed to get by it because I don't see him get that way a lot yeah so so that was nice and then we we had lunch afterwards and and it was just it was a an overall good weekend it was nice to have like a, a an experience a new experience that I don't think they've had and I haven't had it in a while of just like I don't know all three of us working together yeah Okay, so I guess then as a transition to this week, it's kind of fitting that you talked about the reflecting. Um, we are gonna kind of tackle something that Patrick and I actually talked about at the kind of the genesis of figuring it out. I think it was episode 14. Um, I listened back to it today and I think you said that you've listened to it as mm -hmm. well beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that 
we could spend so much time talking about. So to be able to squeeze it into an episode is really difficult. I think we kind of uh, dive into it a little bit more today because I really want to hear your perspective on it. Um, something that we have talked about off the record is how you are kind of more of a realist. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I definitely think that it's good to have um, different perspectives on the same topic because Patrick and I can tend to be kind of in lockstep with stuff. So we're going to start with a game today. And then Ooh. I want to hear your perspective on it. Okay. Are you ready for today's game? I'm so ready. Welcome to the new game show called, Am I Having a Quarter Life Crisis? Woo! And we have our first guest of the show, Lauren, how you doing? Okay, I think that answers our question. Thanks I'm fine. For Thanks for playing. Do you have a quarter life <laughs> Okay, so I am going from the website, NeuroSpa, TMS Therapy Centers. Okay, what okay. are the symptoms of a midlife crisis? All right, if you want to maybe ding the bell, or uh, maybe you don't want, maybe you don't want to, you know, uh, specify. It's fine. It's fine. Or maybe just at some point in your life. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, number one, feeling unfulfilled in life. <sighs> ding, 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 I think there's sometimes ding. a ding, ding, ding up in there. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, number two, intense feelings of nostalgia, chronic uh, reminiscence of, of the past. That's a big old ding, ding for me. Dong. That's a dong, yeah. Ding, dong. <laughs> ding, dong. <laughs> Number three, feelings of boredom, emptiness, and meaninglessness. Mm, every day. <laughs> Impulsive, often rash actions. You know, for a lot of people, yes. So ding for them. I not agree. I feel like that's not really you. I feel like that's not really me, but I have seen that. Yeah. Dramatic changes in behavior and appearance. <laughs> Meaning not showering for nine days in a row. Or maybe a tattoo or bangs. Or maybe your uncle getting a really, really bad self-tanner and going on a motorcycle ride across the country. <laughs> Constantly comparing oneself to others who seem happier ah! or more fulfilled. Welcome to social media. Ding. Intense feelings of regret. Regrets. Regret. Yep. Okay. Um, so you may be feeling a little uh, singled out here if you're listening to this. <laughs> I have uh, one other one for you here. And actually, no, no, I don't. I thought I had another one. Just kidding. So I think we, um, we hit <laughs> on most of those. So those are for midlife crisis, but I feel like right. those are also a lot of quarter life crisis uh, things as well. Here we go. Actually, I do have it. This is from Bradley University. Um, and this is specifically in regards to quarter life. Job searching slash career planning. Mm -hmm. Living alone. Mm -hmm. Navigating relationships. Mm -hmm. And long-term personal slash professional decisions. Woofa. 
see when I was thinking about this beforehand, this is what I was like ranting about because of course, whenever I know the topic beforehand, whenever Josh gives me the grace of telling me what we're going to talk about (laughs) beforehand, everyone out of I, (laughs) I tend to like talk it out with myself. And that's what I was like thinking about. I was like, you know, quarter life crisis is like Patrick joked and the episode of like you know people I mean not even a joke people are be like would be like you know quarter life what do you even know you haven't even you haven't even made it through life what do you even know what a crisis is and I was like that's true like but it's not but what I mean is like midlife crisis is what you typically hear of and I think everybody's idea of a midlife crisis is like what I said like your uncle you know he's like 55 he's divorced he's realized he he did life so fast and now he doesn't know who he is and he's got to find who he is. And so he does all these crazy things Um, is like, I'm like, do, do you think we have that ahead of us? And I was like, you know, I don't honestly don't know if we will because times have changed so much that we tend to have quarter life crises, which I don't think they would have. People, people maybe in like our parents' generation who are more likely to have midlife crises, I don't really think they would have had a quarter-life crisis. That's so interesting. I can see where you're leading us, but I, I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's all about how times have changed. I mean, so much, so much has changed between, say, the boomer generation and our generation and even more in generation Z. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for them and, and even more so for their parents, for our grandparents, they were taught, you know, they might not even go to college. I mean, most of our parents didn't go to, didn't go to college and get a college degree. <clears throat> um, and you start a family, you know, you meet someone, you you're married by like 23 or something, you have kids by that age. And so, so many people that age never really had a chance to like breathe mm-hmm. and figure out who they are or what they want. Cause I think they're just operating off of what you're supposed to want. And nowadays we have things holding us back from doing that. Maybe like financially, uh, you know, all of us are, we're, we're taught go to college so you can get a higher paying job. And then we're left with thousands of dollars in debt and we don't have the means to to move on and meet those life milestones so quickly for a lot of us and so it comes faster for us because we're just like I thought I was supposed to be at this point by now and I'm not and why did we all think it was 25 why yeah I always thought it was 25 I mean for me I was like by that age I know. Well, I think it just goes to like when you're a kid, every person below you in age is kind of like, you know, shades of youth. Like, yeah, okay, they're like my age are a little bit younger. They're this or that. Then everything above you is just old. Adult, just yeah. like everything above whatever your current age was is just like ancient or they might as well right. be someone that's 30 or 49. would be the same age. But then I think as you get older, you're like, oh, okay, maybe this age thing is a little more, uh, you know, a little, there's more, yeah, there's more like gray to this where you don't, and then you also realize 
that you have the realization, oh, no one actually knows what they're doing. It doesn't right. matter how old you are. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I completely agree with that. I, and I had never thought of that perspective before. That's so interesting. It makes total sense. And I think, I guess 25-ish is kind of when a lot of people, if you're in school, you've been out of school for a couple of years. And that's really the first time where things start to kind of um, plateau to a degree or they, it can, if you're, if you are not purposely driving and um, hopping from job to job and moving from town to town or whatever, that's really when things start to kind of flatten out a little bit. Right. And then you're like, Oh, and I, you know, what I really wonder is I, I just really wonder what life would have been like before social media, because Social media has exaggerated this to the 1000th degree. Oh my God. Yeah. Really, what I think the so much of the crux of a midlife or a quarter life crisis is, is a lot of times people not only feel like they are stagnant, but then they kind of window shop and comparison shop with people around them. It used to be maybe a family member or a neighbor or people at work, and that was about it. And yeah. now it's every person that you've ever interacted with. That one person that you met at a college party your sophomore year that you randomly friended on Facebook, they're out changing the world and you feel like you're not. So I think that yeah. that's not really good on the mental. Not at all. No, not at all. So let me throw then at you, at what age do you think you had your first quarter life crisis or are you currently and one now so it would have been right around 25 24 25 I mean of course I'm almost 29 now (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it was it was a matter of feeling the need to make a change because that was always my plan. And that was always what I was told I was supposed to do. I was supposed to get a starter job out of college and then move on to a higher paying job after that. And so I had a lot of discomfort feeling like that's what I needed to do and questioning why I really wanted to make the change and feeling bad about myself that I wasn't making moves to make this change. And then I had an epiphany one day after a coworker said, just was talking about the company we worked for and how she had been, you know, around the block and worked for many people in her life and how awesome this company was. And it just made me kind of realize that I, I kind of hit the lottery and I don't need to feel like I have to change if I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And if I feel like I'm at the right place, like it's literally just those outside voices saying like, no, you need to move on. You need to, you need need to make this next step up or whatever. And so I I had a lot of crisis then and thinking, you know, well, okay. So if I do move on to a new job, um, I was very happy doing what I was doing because I didn't, I, I feel imposter syndrome with what I do, right? Like it's art stuff. So I feel like I'm not good enough at what I do. And so thinking about moving on to a different job where I was doing even more 
art-based projects where I felt like I just was not good enough was yet another thing making me think, well, did I pick the right path? I mean, shit, yeah. maybe I shouldn't go to another art job. Maybe I should go back to college and get another degree. Like all of those questions were just flying around in my head. And, and I still think sometimes maybe I, maybe I could go back to school and try something else, but um, it's not, it's not looming. Um, I think I've made enough peace that I'm on the path I'm on and I can change at any moment. I can figure it out if I really want to, but I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. So that's good. Yeah. That makes me really happy to hear. And I think I had mine around 25 or 26. I'll talk to Holly about this where um, I'm also rapidly approaching. I'm even faster to 30 than you are. I'm less than a year away now. Yeah. So before I would have been like, holy bleep 30, like might as well be 40, 50 or 60. Like that's just, there's something about, you know, you think about your twenties, like 20 or 21, how young you are. And then (laughs) on the other end of that decade is now I'm 30 and it's like, man, so much has changed, but honestly for the better, like when I really think about it and I'm at a place with so many things that I'm so happy and I'm in such a better place versus the, the beginning of this decade of life for me um, that I think everyone kind of ha- will have that uh, rough patch. I really feel like it's what your twenties are where you're just f- finding yourself, figuring shit out, uh, failing, getting back up, falling again, And then you hopefully will get to a point where you're not going to have it figured out and there's still going to be things you're unsure of or that you wonder about, but you should be continually kind of honing your story and feeling good about it. Right. Um, And forgiving yourself for not being like whatever you think is supposed to be, you're, you're supposed to be like, you're where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think something you at least in my experience, something that I found on the other side of the quarter life crisis I had four years ago, or whenever I got out of school is I love myself much more than I did before it. And I love the forgiveness piece and just comfortable with yourself. I think that is definitely a sign of aging too. Like you see older people and they just sometimes just don't give a bleep, not in a, in a rude or like disrespectful sense, but in a sense of like, my fashion sense. Like I might be a little more like open to like wearing whatever, like I'm not trying to impress other people. Um, I'm currently growing my hair out. I've never done it before, but why not? You know, like it's just like different stuff. So, um, I think there's a silver lining in having one. Um, but I also really like your point about the, the whole job thing. And I think that could be an episode in itself because it's like the two two sides to the of the coin where i was unhappy um i went through the season where i was just like not really happy with what i was doing and i went to a talk it actually was a sermon but it, it was not really um it didn't really have the uh religious undertones to it or at least you could kind of um take that away from it and get something from it if you don't believe in those sorts of things or whatnot but um the, the talk was about the grass is not always greener and how 
a lot of people feel like they have to stepping stone their way up through life. And sometimes it's finding the challenge in what you're currently in, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're in a, in a place where you feel like you've outgrown it, but then what, where else can you grow in that space and where can you make change in that space uh, and those sorts of things. And that really challenged me at that time. And something I still think about all these years later after I've heard it is it's not always better. Um, and sometimes it is, it's, it's totally dependent on your situation, but that's a way to kind of think through the situation in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the statement, the grass is always greener is, is kind of, is leaning on that comparison and comparing yourself to where other people are at, um, instead of being just mindful and secure in yourself, because I mean, what is insecurity, but making yourself believe that you are not good enough or someone else is better than you or anything like that. And so you feel like you need to make changes to one up people where as you get older, you realize like, I'm not in control of anybody else. Mm -hmm. I can't control what anybody else is doing. And there is their path doesn't affect me. And I, I need to work on myself and look inward and, and be settled in to my thoughts and my brain and my body and what I want to do, what makes me happy and how I can one up myself in comparison to my past self. Yes. Not to other people around me. Yes. And that takes time, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. It takes, it takes time. it takes time to just get to that point of being aware enough of yourself to even realize that. Yeah. I completely agree with that. So let me throw some of these things at you. Um, as the eternal optimist, I'm always looking for action steps. <laughs> and so I have action steps for you all. And mm-hmm. I uh, I have three from a website and then two that I threw in and I want you to either, you know, affirm it. I want to hear your thoughts or you can be like, yo, that's corny. So (laughs) this is from Forbes.com. And basically it's like, you know, quarter life crisis was a real thing. Now, what can you do about it? And they have three suggestions. One of them is to audit your days. I thought this was really interesting. And the whole premise of auditing your days is a lot of times the monotony kicks in and that's what a lot of times kickstarts that quarter life crisis where you're like, oh my God, and every day is the same. (laughs) And it's like the SpongeBob episode where Squidward goes to Tentacle Acres and it's amazing until it's not because it's just the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. And so what they are challenging you to do when you audit your days is to just like stop for a second and make sense of what you're doing, how you're feeling, who you're talking to, what you're eating, your commute, everything. Like just kind of write everything out, say how you're feeling about each of those actions and just do that every day. 
spend five minutes on this, where eventually you'll start to see patterns. And what, what are the things that are making you happy? What are the things where you feel like you're having those gaps? What's making you upset? And then you can kind of pinpoint it and then kind of um, go from there. Yeah, Thoughts? yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think to anyone who didn't have a little touch of optimism in, in them, like I am mostly realistic, but I do have a touch of optimism. I would say, okay, yeah, whatever. But it's, it's all going back to being mindful, being present in your body and like listening to yourself and know and trying to find what you want or what you're feeling or what, what things are affecting you. Because if you're not, they're just happening to you and you're just a slave to it. Yes. So yeah, very important. Like just check in with yourself. Be mindful. Number two is pretty straightforward. Not too much explanation to this trusting discomfort. So the icky, <laughs> yeah, the easiest to explain, but the hardest to enact, you know, uh, that is adulthood. A lot of things are super uncomfy and the longer they're uncomfy, the more difficult it gets. So, um, I sounded like you had a reaction to that, but it was just a go yeah. body reaction. Of, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so when you said that, and then you followed it up with like adulthood is uncomfy, I think beginning the beginning of adulthood is uncomfy until it gets to a point where you get a little too comfy. Oh, look at that. Oh, and then every little change is a like, do I really have to though? Like, oh my I'm happy just doing this for the rest of my life. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, no, we're not. Um, but you're going to make yourself believe that so that you don't have to be uncom uncomfy anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think change isn't going to happen unless you do the uncomfy, but as as you get older, it becomes a lot harder. It becomes a lot harder. It's insane. I never thought I would be that person because I was always like, yeah, I love college. I love school. I love the constant change and moving to new places and all these new things and all these new people. And I did. And I wish I still had that. <laughs> um, but now like I'm, I'm in the process of possibly thinking about moving and I just everything that comes with that to Cincinnati uh, no what you wish I do um but um no just the just just the thought of and because you know you both you and I, I think are very logistically anxious people um and so I know it would be it would probably be great it's going to be great if it happens but I'm just also looking around at where I'm at now and I'm like, but um, everything's here and I don't have to worry about all this paperwork and all that stuff. But I want to put it on a t-shirt though. Sorry, go ahead. Finish yeah. Oh, I was just, I was just going to add, if you've ever uh, delved into the world of Brene Brown, you would know oh. um, that discomfort is your best friend. That's your homework, people. As you finish up this episode here in a couple of minutes, go to Google, go to YouTube, go to Amazon, get some Brene Brown in your life because she is incredible. The amount of times she just makes me go like, oh, you're right, but oh, 
<laughs> on the flip side of the grass is not always greener, reframing fear into possibility. So this is something that I do as a warrior. It is a trademarked right mm -hmm. thing. So Lauren is a right. My mom is a right. Um, and that is part of it. Uh, part of the family is that we're always worrying. I'm always thinking of like, well, what if, and those sorts mm -hmm. of things. And their challenge to you is to reframe the, what if the worst thing happens to what if something really good actually happens and it's, you know, much better than you ever anticipated, or there's going to be so many benefits to things you didn't even know that you needed or wanted. So again, that is a uh, case by case basis and you never know until you do it, but um, there's never really a right or wrong thing. It's just the thing that you choose and then you roll with it and how you adapt to that. Yeah. My only added note is, did Brene Brown write this article? No, no. <laughs> well, because that's just another, I just feel like that's another Brene Brown thing. I mean, it's, it's on the same, it's on the same vein, you know, this you is gotta, from... you gotta, you gotta look at it as, a, as an opportunity and not as a, something you don't even want to try. Exactly. Yeah. It's written by uh, Tess Brigham, Brigham. Um, so yeah, that is a, a, a challenging one, but a beneficial one. Last two, I just added in myself. Uh, the first one is take one singular step each day. So if you've been wanting to do something and you feel that weight on your chest and you feel like I need to just switch it up a little bit, a lot of times the toughest step is the first step and you don't even know where to start. But if you just did one little thing, if you just updated your resume, if you just looked up, you know, two different jobs, if you looked up, if you downloaded that dating app again, um, if you <sighs> sent a text to that person that you have not spoken to, whatever it is, just do something small. Um, thoughts. Um, I do like to think of myself as the queen of this um, because I think I'm, for the most part, I think I'm past the era of my life where I did let fear rule it. Um, because even though I feel the fear the whole way through, I push, I usually push through it anyways. Um, cause I keep telling myself that the outcome will be worth it. Um, and I kind of am the person in my family that people look to, to make them take the first step <laughs> because you know, I get it, you know, looking at a big old project, it's overwhelming and you don't even know where to start, but my mom, I used to call my mom in college crying because I had such a long list of to-dos and she would say, just do one thing. Yeah. And that is the, that is the best advice because if you don't, I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta begin. Exactly. You just gotta get your nose in there and then the rest will fall into place. Mm -hmm. My last so one that I added in here, uh, sounds kind of overwhelming, but it could be as small as doing a one to-do list. My advice is if you feel like you've kind of plateaued, but you're happy with your plateau, if you're happy with your nice little plateau and you built your house up on that plateau, 
and you feel nice and comfy, but you feel like every day is the same, fill your plateau with accomplishments. And it could be um, trying a new hobby. It could be like building something. It could be working out, um, learning a new language, starting meditating, reading a book. I mean, literally anything and everything, joining a club um, or, you know, uh, volunteering. There are so many things you can do um, and fill your life with those little things because those are the big things. And that's what um, keep it going. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, honestly, when you say plateau, it kind of like rubs me the wrong way. Cause I'm just like, but can anyone really like plateau in every area of life? Like there's so many areas of life where you can be growing and just because yeah. you're not, you know, getting a new higher paying job every year, or just because you haven't gotten married yet or haven't had kids yet, it doesn't mean that there's so many other areas in your life that you're working on yourself. Good point. I guess so, I should say perceived plateau. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got where you're going. I just, yeah. No, that's, that's a good, think. that's a really good clarification. Yeah. Because you should be evolving no matter what. And it's all, it's all up to you. I mean, it's all up to you. That's scary, but you have to be the one to, to look inward and and maybe even and ask for help if you need it what i know it sounds crazy but yeah so what parting wisdom do you have for those who are maybe going through a quarter life crisis or a midlife crisis or a, a three quarters life crisis at this time? It's not a crisis. Like you can, you can change at any point in life. You have control over a few aspects of your life and <clears throat> you can do it. It's not really wisdom, but I feel like I mean, you know, there's, there's so many corny things that people say, and it's just like, yeah, that's, that's easy to say, but I mean, we, we said it all. You, you can't compare yourself to other people. The grass is greener where you water it. There is no such thing as uh, you being, you know, stuck or a plateau or whatever. It's like, you're just a human being and you surviving today is enough. You are enough. <laughs>